eggs. Rock, Paper, Shotgun, Electronic Wireless Show, episode 89. It is the 7th of August when we're recording. I'm Brendan Caldwell. Alice Bell's not with us this week. She's on holidays. But we have uh, Nate Crowley. Yeah. From the Now Reviews department. I'm the reviews editor now. You've got a real job. Yeah. But we also have someone special who podcast listeners might recognise, Astrid Johnson. Oi oi, you cheeky Savaloys. Hello. Hi. You have done special podcast uh, for us in the past called Soundbite. Yes, I have. That's me. Uh, it's very so good. So that's, that's why people might recognise your voice. But now you're also, you, you also just work for us now. Yeah, now I'm You're... a now I'm a I'm a I'm a video slave in the in the in the YouTube mines, um, owned by Rock Paper Shotgun, um, digging out content. Yeah, digging out content. We've secured your release for one day. Yep. So that you can perform this podcast. So if uh, anything, it isn't really a secured release. It's a it's a, it's a temporary um, adjusting of the post. It's a stay of your long-term execution by YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's You've exactly what it is. You've been temporarily re-indentured to the podcast <laughs> Pharaoh. <laughs> uh, but you're here now, and that's good. And what we normally do when we have a new member of the team on the podcast is we ask them a little bit about themselves, and we say we ask them what kind of things they like. What kind of games do you play, Astrid? What do you What are you all about? Um, I am a big fan of weird video games, um, which, yeah, that's a bit open-ended in it, so I probably should say a bit more. Um, I, I like games that, like, do different things. Um, like, like, oh god. You've managed to open the ends even further, though. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> I have. It's like Do you mean opposite... visually weird or, or thematically odd? Oh, yeah, a mixture of the two, really. Um, oh, what's that game? What's that game where you're the where you're the 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 nineties internet cop? Hypnospace Outlaw. Hypnospace Outlaw is the absolute tits. Um, as an example. Oh. Oh. Is I need to flag up that there is no swearing on the podcast, but now I don't know if. Yeah, I was gonna, qualifies. I, yeah, I, I, I would personally argue that um, the um, insinuating that the word tits qualifies as a swear word is a little bit uh, reductive of the female form, Brendan. But what uh, we is can it, do is it too prudish? Is that what it is? Uh, I, I mean, to avoid the I issue, never... let's just record a quick clip of me saying the word eggs in a monotone voice, and then we can dub <laughs> that over the word tits. <laughs> eggs. God, perfect. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'll probably just leave all this in because it's better. Hypnospace Outlaw. Hypnospace Outlaw. That's an example. Yeah, that's an example of a weird game I like. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Robert Yang's discography, um, which does some very unusual things uh, and also innovates quite a bit when it comes to mechanics. Um. God, what else? I like RPGs. Um, Do you like sort of traditional um, sort of JRPGs or traditional, I don't know, non-JRPGs? JRPGs uh, fill me with a sense of dread, for I do not understand them, and perhaps never will. Um, I like um, 
one that I'm into a bunch and I haven't really dipped a toe in um in others like it yet, but I probably will. I'm a huge fan of the Hairbrain Schemes Shadowrun games. Oh, so yeah. uh Shadowrun Returns, uh Shadowrun Hong Kong, and my favourite Shadowrun Dragonfall, because it's in Germany and you're in an anarchist you're in the anarchist free state of Berlin and it's proper mental. Are these sort of um yeah, I suppose what you call a classic tabletop adaptation and the sort of the isometric Baldur's Gate style or Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's um it's that and it's um there's a sort of uh turn-based tactical combat element to them which is um fun. From what I understand you play as a horned magic cyberpunk people. I mean, yeah. Um, if you, uh, pretty much, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Shadowrun is uh, it's a cyberpunk dystopia set. The games are set in like the twenty fifties, um, and the whole premise is that in twenty twelve, it the, the wasn't the end of the world. It was when magic came back. So people started having babies that looked like elves and dwarves and stuff. And so was... like reality, but with open fascism and uh, replaced with magic. Yeah, um, and elves are like super racist, um, just like in real life. Yeah, yeah, just like in real life. Uh, and then, um, like a couple years later, it happened again, and then people started like having babies that looked like orcs and trolls and everything. And you can imagine that that sort of caused a bit of a a ruckus in in civilization. It's like ch- children of man, except instead of there being no babies, there were different babies yeah yeah um and also uh that the the entire world is basically ruled by um nine corporations and each of those corporations is run by a dragon um and you know if you ignore the slightly anti-semitic undertones of that entire concept it's actually quite cool i would respect them if the dragons were like theo pathetis and deborah maiden (laughs) oh like like the drag like the dragon's den (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, the twist is they're actually vast, money-loving reptiles. Oh, imagine oh. a world where there were nine whole corporations that run ran everything. God, That'd yeah, no, nice. it's completely incomprehensible, isn't it? Like that's such a ridiculous idea that's definitely not um, uh, evocative of reality in any way. Yeah, so that's very funny and silly, and 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 it, you, it's very not political at all. You don't need to think about much when you play that. So, we have the games that you like. We know that you do video stuff mm. on the YouTube channel, Rock Paper Shot. Yep. Um, oh, I'm also like a massive communist. <laughs> That's probably of note. Oh, yeah, you're a huge <laughs> red. For the second part of the initiation, of course, each new team member on the podcast for the first time must eat nine tins of sardines without pausing for breath while we blast an air horn non-stop into the microphone well yeah it's just like um it's like uh american frat house hazing isn't it yeah essentially but yeah. with with um with customary rps dignity just with more tinned fish yeah the tinned yeah. fish have got like a little rps logo stuck on them as well we actually have a uh a sponsorship deal with john west salmon <laughs> <laughs> can we start doing rps tinned fish as our only merch before we get started, this video is sponsored by Tin Fish. <laughs> the concept. <laughs> the concept. Uh, okay, that's enough. That's okay. enough of this. Okay. We need to start the actual podcast now. Roll the little intro music. Oh, wait, that came before that bit. That um, I'm dumbing the wrong music. It's fine, we can keep that too. Okay. Is it cool for me to then do our second intro music? Wait, well, there's more. What is your intro music, Nick? It's me doing the music from Streets of Rogue. Go on. Streets of Rogue. I was going to add an impromptu guitar solo on top of it all, but I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to spoil it. It was, like, so perfectly done. Thank you. We are talking about Streets of Rogue this week because it is our special, special game. 
Um, it is a game that we can't stop playing, and you know we can't stop playing it because we did a whole new regular feature called Can't Stop Playing, which is this time all about Streets of Rogue. Basically, we're picking a game sort of every month, but not doesn't need to be every month, that we all like, or that a lot of us like, and we are just using that as an excuse to write more about it, more or less. So there's going to be loads of Streets of Rogue stuff um, in the coming days and weeks. Now for the comment section uh, lawyers, it's worth pointing out that doesn't mean we think it's the best game around at the moment. No, we've, we've deliberately chosen Can't Stop Playing as the uh, title to avoid using Game of the Month as a title. Because we're we're inevitably going to do like Minecraft at some point, and that's not a game that came out like the month that we'll do it. <laughs> you can think of it kind of like the specials board in a restaurant. So if you're running a nice mom and pop diner, and a horse dies nearby, you might put horse lasagna on the specials for a time. Doesn't mean it's the best thing on the menu. But it does mean that people are going to be eating a lot of horse. I just, yes. I'm just imagining a scenario where a bunch of foodies like are are like crowded outside a restaurant selling selling like horse meat goods, like horse stew, and they're all like they've got their little pickety signs, and they're all like, "But horse meat wasn't released this week." No. <laughs> Horse meat is a thing oh. of the past. And I, I I ought to stress as well, I think Streets of Rogue is much more enjoyable than horse meat. <laughs> I am going to I'm gonna rein in this analogy. Good. Okay. Good. Because yeah, I think do. it's got a little bit out of control. That's valid. I'm just gonna ask you guys to explain what Streets of Rogue is for the people who don't know. Nate, you give me a give me a little summary. So it is uh, a not obnoxiously retro-styled, top-down... I I think it's fair to call it a little bit of an immersive sim, by which I mean a Deus Ex-type experience where you can interact with anyone and anything in your environment uh, and come up with creative ways to achieve your goals. Uh, In Streets of Rogue, the goal is to move up the floors of a sort of a weird dystopian tower block city thing, which is a bit like the one in Judge Dredd, um, only it hasn't got a serious tone. In fact, it's got a very silly tone. In this city, the currency has been replaced with chicken nuggets, a black market of chicken nuggets. Um, There are factions like scientists, gorillas, cannibals, uh, and you can play as an assortment of ludicrous characters. Uh, in configurations of, of uh, between one and four players, uh, to yeah, to try and ascend through these levels, completing little missions uh, in whatever devious ways your little brain can cook up. Marvellous fun. That is a very good summary of the video game that we are talking about. Well done. Yeah, nice Podcast done. over. Oh. Off you go and play it. <laughs> Bye, nice. everyone. Um... I can I can come in with a I can come in with a little bit of a left field way I've been pitching it to people. Go yeah. On. So um, I'm currently making a video for the channel um, talking about this. Like like normally we do like here are eight things about the game, but I'm being given a little bit more creative freedom and I'm making a sort of video essay about why Streets of Rogue is good. Um, and the way I've been sort of, I'll go into, I'll go into more detail in the vid, so I'll only keep it brief here, but the way I've been, the way I've been sort of describing it is, you know how, I, okay, the word I've been, the, the phrase I've been using is rules light video game. Rules okay. Light. So, yeah, so, so, so you get like, you, um i've i've been I've, like i've been sort of comparing it to like tabletop rpgs right so you get something like dungeons and dragons which has a bunch of rules they've got like you know every every rule for every situation they've got an item for every encounter they've got like a character archetype for every person but like because of because everything has been defined by a set of rules um which you know you would assume gives you a lot of freedom a lot of creativity but in in a lot of ways um when you get a rule system like that 
people very quickly read through them all, figure out the most efficient rules that you can pick and the most efficient things that you can do, uh, and power game it. And to the extent that it sort of become, it sort of feels like it doesn't make a lot of sense to do anything else outside of those sort of like tight pathways. So they, they use the bazooka every time yeah, to get through every problem. Exactly. Um, and um, so like in an attempt to give uh, give a player um, all of these all of these options, uh, you're effectively limiting them to the most efficient pathways that you've created. Um, but in Streets of Rogue, it's a little bit different. It's like a rules light tabletop RPG where it gives you like a couple of things to just sort of keep keep the thing running, but then everything beyond that, it's all down to what you decide to do. So instead of going, I'm gonna like instead of like in Dungeons and Dragons, you'll go, I'm gonna attack the thing and I'm gonna use rage, it doubles my damage, so I'm gonna roll this many dice and do this many things. In some other tabletop RPGs it'd be like, okay, how do you attack the boss? Do you, how do you swing the sword? What what nasty battle cry do you do? Like, or maybe you have a chat with him instead and and reminisce over times long gone and hug and cry for a bit. <laughs> right? Um, because because the, the absence of rules to dictate how that situation would play about inherently allows you to explore the situation in a more See, creative now way. See, all I want now all I want is a, a hug and cry option in Streets of Rogue. I want a character who's in touch with their feelings. Now there now is that, something a bit similar. Yeah. There is there is a special ability where you just cry. <laughs> Weird. I know that there's a joke near the start where you cry, but is that an actual ability of one of the characters in Streets of Rogue? Uh, I'm pretty sure when you make a character, um, you can actually ascribe that ability to it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's strong. I I think your comparison to um, tabletop RPG is quite good actually, because I think yeah, it gives me the same freedom. This game that a really good DM would, uh, because I'm the kind of player who, on joining um, a game of D&D, will say, first, can I play as an ape? Uh, and then if allowed to do that, yeah, I'll get to the starting village and say, I will knock on the tavern keeper's door. They open the door. I jam a syringe into their neck. I do not know what it does, but I will do it. Um, and that would, I think that would anger many games masters but streets of rogue is very happy for me to proceed with exactly that course of action and i respect it absolutely yeah no another another <clears throat> another comparison you could make to our like tabletop rpgs is um one of the big things that dms are told is the best way to go about running a game is rather than when the player says can i do the thing you say no but the best way to the best way to approach it is to say yes and um, and it seem it feels like Streets of Rogue is a yes and game. Mm, that's a good way to put it. So the gorilla is obviously your favorite character, mm. Nate. Yeah. But uh, who else is our favorite characters? I love the investment banker. <laughs> Tell us about the investment banker. So the investment banker. So um, the investment banker starts the game with three hundred coins. Uh, which obviously lets you buy a lot of things, um, hire a lot of people, gives you like a fair bit of power in the economy of Streets of Rogue, but it counteracts that by um, giving you this trait that means you're um, feverishly addicted to any and every drug in the game. <laughs> um, and once you once you you start off on the floor, you're given a a a, count, a timer of sixty seconds. Um, <laughs> And uh, you just need to load yourself with up with as many drugs as you can find. Um, otherwise, that counter will keep ticking down. And once it ticks down all the way, you start suffering withdrawal symptoms. Um, and the withdrawal symptom slowly, um, so slowly degrades your health until you just die. Um, it's really stressful. It's really stressful. So you have all of this money and you have all of this power in the economy, but it counteracts that by making you horribly dependent on just like 
jamming syringes into your body and smoking cigarettes and and you and... you might not necessarily know what the syringes are because all the syringes have like little question marks on them in a proper rogue like way and yet you must so... jam them into your flesh <laughs> So you're just like poisoning yourself. Sometimes you'll put sulfuric acid into your veins. But you know and just what? Just be like, ah, it that hits you, the spot. It, it it scratches that itch. It gives you that high, and therefore it alleviates your withdrawal symptoms. And it's absolutely <sighs> wonderful. And because you're an investment banker, you're really really good at um at mooching money off of um off of people who actually work for a living. Um, so the game lets you, the game lets, rather than just having to find a bank and being able to lend money from the bank, you can just lend money from most people in the game. So you can walk up into a shop and say, give me, give me money shopkeeper and the shopkeeper, okay, but you better pay it back. And you can just do that to loads of people throughout the level. Yep. And then as you go on throughout the level, you're never going to pay that money back. But as you go on throughout the level... Uh, throughout different levels, eventually people will come for you to get that money back. And usually they like... send assassins <laughs> who are like nin- little ninja lads with like the, the red bandana and the black suit and everything and they'll just come and like like murk you. It's so good. One of my favourite characters is the shapeshifter. Oh. He's just this tiny naked person with red eyes, like glowing red eyes. You can you can walk up behind any other character and you just right click and you leap into their body and you just take control of that character and from that point you have very low health because the NPCs have lower health than you would otherwise have if you play it as say a policeman but if you hop into the body of a policeman you still have all their powers um, all their abilities uh, so to get so it becomes this like fun puzzle of if you need to get into a building and press three buttons and you're a shapeshifter. You can, like, hop into the back of, of a gorilla, smash open the door, punch a bunch of people until the gorilla dies. Then you just hop out of the gorilla's body and go find another body of a hacker. Use that to turn off the lasers and unlock all the doors by hacking a computer nearby, because that's the hacker's ability. And then hop out again, hop into somebody else, like a policeman, arrest the final person that you need to get it's past. It's great, isn't it's it? Because it so really facilitates low-thought playing styles, and also really heavily planning things out. It's so silly. It's tremendous. But uh, you've neglected to mention the best feature of the of the, of the shapeshifter <laughs> class, the toilet mechanic. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, Sin pointed this out to us. We were playing a co-op game yesterday, and Sin pointed out that if you Normally, if you go up to a toilet, I don't think it does anything. But if you're the shapeshifter, you're very small. If you go up to a toilet and you click on it, it gives you the option to flush yourself down the toilet. <laughs> and it pops you up at another toilet. Can you choose which th- toilet? I don't think you can nah, choose it's it. Random. But, but it happened for Astrid once yesterday. And you just popped up the toilet and into the body of a person <laughs> who was either on or near the toilet. Yeah. Just standing right in front of it. Probably just finished uh, uh, doing doing the business, and uh, a shapeshifter got up all in their uh, all up in their ass and took over their corporeal form. Oh, Horrible. It's horrifying. Absolutely. It's like like straight out of a nineties B movie. Actually, can can I use that as a jumping off point to ask you both, like, what do you think of the game? Because one of the things I think makes it so appealing is the atmosphere of the game um and i I said at the beginning very calculatedly it's not obnoxiously retro styled but it definitely is retro styled it's got a lot of influences um yeah what 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 are those for you hmm well the the deus ex thing is uh an important thing like that's how i always describe it as tiny tiny deus ex it's yeah. small. The retro, like the pixel art, I think is more just uh, because the it's like a one man team who sometimes a one man designer who sometimes uh, commissions people in to do bits and pieces, but he mostly does everything, like including the art. So I think that's mostly like a limitation, um, and I think it probably puts people off more than it, more than it, more than people liking it, but. 
I, think... I, I just kind of look past that because when you knock on a door, someone will answer and you'll punch them, <laughs> you'll punch them and take their tooth and go, this is the tooth I need to complete the level. Thank you. I think what it achieves that impresses me is so many games, especially recently, have tried to be 80s and 90s retro, um, you know, via absolute hammer over the head visual clues like, you know, neon uh, and grid lines and things. And so often it just it just feels like set dressing. But Astra, I think you said the uh, the shapeshifter sort of play feels very much 90s straight to video horror absolutely yeah Um, and i think it really it feels like a game it feels like the sort of game they genuinely would have made in the 80s if they had had the technology and the resources to do so it's got massive robocop vibes for me oh no yeah no i know exactly what you mean like um there's nothing like there's nothing um visually that necessarily evokes robocop but it does feel robocopy right what do you think brandon um now that you mention it yeah it's got that uh robocop terminator 2 like maybe not terminator 2 but yes like what's that other one total recall oh yes it's like that sort of like very 90s ultra violent dystopian satire yeah i think it's a good way of putting it it does have like it leans a lot on b-movie stuff like it has it if you're the hacker it releases little cop bots that come after you and scan you down and you can hack them as well and they explode and stuff so it has these sci-fi things but it also has all this monsters stuff in it (laughs) there are werewolves there are zombies there are vampires there's the shapeshifter like it has you can play a mode that just makes it be like a zombie apocalypse everywhere you go um so it's definitely it just it feels like a grab bag of all these things that would just be kind of fun or silly to throw in and it just puts them all in one dystopian city and it's like i don't care if like the futuristic city is supposed to be sci-fi and there's slum dwellers everywhere and stuff. We're gonna put a vampire in it because Let's get why some not? Bloody Dracula's in there, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that um, that lack of strict adherence to the setting really like lends lends to the the open-ended feel of the game. I was talking to the creator yesterday for uh, an interview feature that we're gonna do on it, and he, one of the things he said was. Um, I asked him if there was any, like, ideas for characters that don't make it into the game, and he basically just said, uh, not really, if I have a good idea, I will <laughs> just do whatever I can to get it in there, um, and if that means changing the idea a little bit, or, like, turning down the settings, or, like, just going a little bit less with it, I'll do it, because I it needs to get in, so it just feels like whatever, whatever they want to put in, Get in. <laughs> I love that. And yet it somehow ends up balanced. Yeah, that, I think that is a, a case of like loads and loads of updates and tweaking, though. On the subject of which, would you like to play a special game of the Patch Notes quiz devoted to Streets of Rogue? Oh my god. Uh-huh. Absolutely yes. yes. The Patch Notes quiz for anyone who hasn't heard one before is just we take the patch notes of a game uh, I mix in some fake patch notes that I've made up with the real patch notes and we basically just ask, uh, I'm going to ask Astrid and Nate to tell me which is true and which is false God it'd be really um, awkward if we said we didn't want to do it then It would be awkward, no you do, if you, even if you don't want to do it I'm still going to make you do it oh, Okay. I suppose I am <laughs> like a, the indentured video slave still Yeah, That's true if we're, continu- if we're continuing that, that underlying narrative. Um, we used to call this Patch Notes Quiz Patch Adam, because Adam Smith used to work here. But <laughs> uh, we can call it Patch Astrid now. Oh, brilliant. That, I'm okay with that. That is partridge level feature naming. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go. Let's do the Patch Notes quiz for Streets of Rogue. 
so are the following real or false patch notes. Ghosts will not become annoyed at the player for doing things like cannibalizing and enslaving. Ooh. That's real. The ghosts yeah. are very relaxed. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I'm also going to say that's real. It is real. Hey. What, what about... Cop bots no longer dance to the boombox unless it is playing techno. <laughs> oh god, I hope that's real. But then I again, don't think you can change the yeah. music the boombox plays. Mm. Is it randomised or is it? I because I, I I I think it's always the same music. Hmm. I think that's a pretendo. Yeah, no, false. You're both correct. It is a pretendo. But I want yes. it to be true. <laughs> What about this one? Fix for rare cases where zombies could be considered innocent. Mm. <sighs> so innocent is the way the cops in the game categorize all the other NPCs, right? And zombies are always, by default, everyone is hostile to them, including the cops. Because so I'm going to say it's mm. real? Uh, I don't... I don't want it to be real, and here's why. Just imagine the storytelling potential of being a cop and coming across a zombie that's innocent. Right? So uh, even e- e- even even if it defies like logic and sense, I'm going to say false, just because I don't want it to be true. Well, it is true. Ah, ah yes. Ghosts, I am winning. Ghosts always drop money. False. What are you saying yet? Uh, no, I think that's true. It's real. Ah, oh, f- bugger. <laughs> okay. Okay, what about this Turns one? Sounds like you can take it with you. Arsonists appear with slightly greater frequency. Um, are there arsonists in the game? Isn't that just everyone? Yeah, I think everyone's an ar- I think the arsonists are the players, really. Or it might have been on one of the levels that I don't get to very often, so I just yeah. wouldn't have noticed it amongst the madness. Um, Is it real or fake? Real. F- fake. It's real. Um, <laughs> ah, yes, I'm doing very well. I'm the rogue on these streets. Removed methamphetamine as it was OP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true. Sod it. True. Uh, mind you, he's abstracted cocaine to be sugar in the game. So I'm going to be a, a real... A real... Dull one here and just say, no, that's false. It is false. <sighs> I'm sorry. I am... I'm bad I'm bad at this quiz. I'm bad at... I'm bad at the quiz named after me. Whereas I'm like <laughs> a meat polygraph. <laughs> <laughs> Former arsonist zombies no longer able to throw Molotov cocktails. I'm going to say false because that feels like something that they wouldn't change. That's true. It's real. Okay, last one. Last one. Okay, okay. I'm going to try really hard for this one. Player cannot tell jokes to NPCs in prison. (laughs) Absolutely false. True. It's true. What?! Nate, have you been reading the patch notes loyally? <laughs> it sounds like I have. Um, no, I'm just incredibly good. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I see how it is. <laughs> so that was this week's edition of Patch Nate. Um, oh, yes. oh, oh, okay. Oh, I've taken honestly. the name. Patch Nate's. It works oh, either way. That does actually work very actually, well. Actually, no, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, thank you for playing. I think we'll we'll maybe table our Streets of Rogue chat here because we have to talk about some other stuff we've been playing as well. It can't be a full Streets of Rogue. Um, we can't go Streets of Rogue. <laughs> Let's talk about what we've been playing. <laughs> Astrid. Yes. Love that game. Yeah, it's a very good it's game. It's the adaptation of the prog band, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be real with you, Brendy. Oh, go on. I have not been playing very much at all besides Minecraft. 
Do you, do you know what? This is unfathomable. You can't talk about Minecraft in the year of our Lord 2019. Why, Brandy, why can't guess I? Guess what I've been playing. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. Are you joking? Right. I'm going to level with the with the listener right now, okay? I know why you've been both been playing Minecraft, okay? It's because y'all made a Minecraft server for all your you and your RPS chums, and you didn't invite me, <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. No, I, after I found out about it. and Oh, yeah, to be fair, you were on holiday. Well, no, come on. You could have told me when I got back. But you let, didn't. Let you me just hold decided, my boombox. Well, Brendan didn't find out about it, so we'll just we'll just stay quiet and we'll plant our little wheat crops and we'll go mining and we'll all be friends all together in a happy Minecraft server and we'll leave Brendan out in the cold to play <laughs> bloody For Honor or something. <laughs> oh, you'll just be playing your bloody beasting games where you'd spatter people with your hands. I would bring some of that energy to the <laughs> Minecraft server, alright? And maybe maybe there's a reason you wasn't invited then. <laughs> I'm standing outside your digital window with my boombox held above my head, asking you to forgive me and to come onto our Minecraft server. And I'm saying that for the whole world of listeners. <laughs> yeah, to hear. you're just standing out there with the boombox, completely silent. But what's playing out of it is a recording of you saying, "Hey, Brendy, do you want the password to our Minecraft server?" <laughs> on a loop. <laughs> That's it. That's what's happening. What do you say, Brendan? I forgive you. And I won't come and play Minecraft. But thanks. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Excellent. My gambit worked. The server remains ours. <laughs> Tell me what y'all have been doing in the server. So, I'm... Uh, I, I, I have autism spectrum disorder. And that, that will make sense for what I'm about to say. Um, I... I always thought I was one of uh, I always thought I was an uh, autistic TM um one of the ones that uh didn't adhere to the stereotype of like loving trains but you sure do love trains I sure do love trains and Minecraft has helped me <laughs> to come to terms with that because 90% of what I've been doing in that video game is making this great big underground it's quite good actually the rest of us are sort of making this nice picturesque underground city in a chasm where we're growing vines up the walls and we've grown grass down onto the floor and stuff. And I'm building this great big horrible brutalist metro system. You're like a, go a literal goblin. Your skin in the game is this... I thought it was a green minion at first, but it's a, it's a, a Warcraft goblin. Yeah, it's and you just pop out of the floor with this grin on your face, <laughs> insisting that I come to see your latest horrible contraption. And it's always really good, in fairness. I do love but it. But it's like you're haunting us. It's great. Uh, yeah, it's tremendous. I, I occasionally come and help out with the, with terraforming the, 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 the subterranean ravine, because uh, it's, it's very pretty. Um, but yeah, most of the time I'm uh, I'm down in the down I'm down in the, I'm down in the metro. You're a grand team player. Mm. This sounds really good. Actually, I'm really sad now that I'm not going to go play. Oh, why not? Why don't you come on for a bit, Brandy? It's just time. If I start playing Minecraft, I know what'll happen. Okay, I'll I'll go out there. I'll make a little fenced-off farm, and I'll just spend every day like Russell Crowe if he never went to fight in the movie Gladiator. <laughs> just every day, out in the wheat fields, passing my yeah. hand against <laughs> ears of corn. Like I just will. I'll do nothing else. But does that not sound entertaining? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Other stuff I've been playing. Um... I got as far as the title screen for Lightning Returns. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Can you please explain why you're playing Lightning Returns again? So I had a sort of... Um, uh, I did an article about this on the site a couple of weeks ago. Um, but to sum up, I when I first joined RPS, um, week one, I was at EGX Rest doing this very podcast on stage with uh, Brendy and Alice B. And the conversation got onto Final Fantasy, and I'm one of that... I'd say there's a demographic of people who've never played a Final Fantasy and feel really insecure about it, because we're not sure whether it's just rubbish and we don't know what everyone sees in it, or whether it's incredible and we're really missing out. 
So anyway, I was wrestling with all of this uh, while the conversation was going on. Um, I just had this moment of sort of mind-breaking where I decided it would be a good idea to stand up and dramatically announce <laughs> to the room, because we were doing the podcast live, that I would play through a Final Fantasy of the audience's choosing by the end of the year of our Lord 2019. Um, and after some horse trading with the audience, they selected Lightning Returns, uh, which at the time I thought was the Lightning Returns, but I now know Lightning is a lady. Um, it's <laughs> Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 14? It's part 13. 13, part, part 3. 3, I think. And uh, consensus is it's not great and it's completely incomprehensible uh, if you haven't played the first two parts of Final Fantasy 13. But I'm a man of my word, and <laughs> the end of the year is plummeting towards me like a cartoon anvil. So I have installed the game. You've still only got as far as the title screen. Well, I really psyched myself up one morning, and I thought, I'm going to bloody do it. And then I just... You just pause before the precipice like a skateboarder. <laughs> you just can't commit to the tan stair jump. What's the opposite of excitement? I don't mean boredom, which is the absence of excitement. Dread. Yes, that was the feeling. Of course, <laughs> you have. You have, I think you have uh, lightning-induced dread. I genuinely suspect, uh, and this is a, a bit of a spoiler, um, potentially for anyone who will be following my attempts to complete Lightning Returns. I genuinely suspect. My procrastination will go so far that I end up playing something like Final Fantasy VI to completion in an attempt to avoid playing Lightning Returns. <laughs> I, I I strongly suspect that's where that article series is going. Um, just uh, keep that to yourselves, faithful <laughs> podcast listeners. But I did get to the title screen. Uh, shall I tell you what I've been playing? Please. Yes. I've been playing... Um, some Apex Legends. Hey. Hi, Apex. Apex Legends, as some people do say. It is the shooty game, the shooty battle, Roy battle royale game, where three of you drop in, and you slide about on your bums, and you look for nice backpacks and hats, and you wear them while you die. Um, <laughs> it's a very, very fun, very fun game. So fun that me and Astrid and Matt on our Sunday played six straight hours of it. Yeah, no, it was horrible. It was it like 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 while we were in, it was the the best thing ever. But I look on, I look back on that period of time and feel nothing but shame. You degenerates. <laughs> yeah. It was it was so peggish. It was just this binge. It was like, uh, I haven't binged a game for six straight hours for so many years, but. Yeah, we just did a full day of it. That's so coarse. It's like drinking a whole bottle of Tia Maria. <laughs> yeah, it is. I opened, uh, I opened the blinds after after logging off and saw a glimpse of my reflection in the mirror, and I was just this big, haggering, sweaty mess, and uh, I, I, I suffered a lot of hubris. <laughs> did you look down to realise you had the legs of an ape? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, like when uh, your parents warn you, you get square eyes watching that telly. You're going to get eight <laughs> you'll, legs you'll if get, you keep on with that, get eight son. Legs. You could see this being turned into an advert, a get warning against playing Apex Legends. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is Jack Thompson's next billboard. This is what happened to Astrid Johnson when she played too much Apex Legends. Her legs became ape legs. <laughs> And it's just a little, a little, a little terrible doodle of me, um, with with some tiny ape legs, and and there's a speech bubble coming out of it. It just says, "Oh, balls." <laughs> I would love to have an ape's legs. The, okay. I often have dreams <laughs> where I'm uh, brachiating around the place. Brachiating is the the term for uh, how primates swing between branches. <laughs> I have lovely dreams about brachiating through large environments. <laughs> um, I suppose that's a bit like having ape legs in a way, because what is an ape's arm uh, but a leg, and an ape's leg but another arm? Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot that's of sense. so poignant. 
<laughs> I wish you could the... see the middle distance stare I was doing right now. <laughs> Do you know the dumbest thing about the fact that we played six hours of it is that uh, we did not get a single win. Ooh. We barely got any kills. I think during the whole think... six hours, I got four kills. I think between us, we didn't we didn't make it past ten. It was. It was an absolutely shameful showing of skill. And yet... Matt, Matt is very, very good at Apex Legends. Like He plays as Pathfinder, who's the robot who has a little grappling hook. And he pulls off these incredible like Tarzan-like swings with this grappling hook. At one point, both me and Astrid were dead. And he was the only one left alive. And he waited till the other squad that had killed us got into like, a ruckus with some other rival squad. And then he just like... He just swung like George of the Jungle over to where we were, got our stuff, and then swung away and legged it like half the map away to get us back. And it was the most, it was just a heroic, wonderful thing. Although I note that you compared him to George of the Jungle. Who is the version of Tarzan. Yeah, it is Bargain <laughs> Ben Tarzan. And I'm sorry for swearing. Oh... No, you just said it was the eggs version of Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, that's you know weird flex, but okay. Mm. <laughs> I think the best bit of it all, though, was um, when we, uh, whenever we, um, whenever we were uh, descending down onto the map below, and we we came past one of those big lumbering dinosaur things. Um, we we pulled off some funky maneuvers between the legs, and whenever we did, we were all just going. Just to add some like dramatic flair to the whole thing. That sure yeah, is like... the sound effect attached to funky maneuvers between the legs. Absolutely. <laughs> Putting aside the fact that the game has its own sound effects for whenever you <laughs> drop in and like go through the atmosphere. Uh Anyway, it's a very good game, and I enjoyed it, and even though we played six hours and it made me sweaty and feel bad, uh, I'm still going to play more, and I have been playing more every every so often. So, Apex Legends, still good. You're going to be able to play by yourself soon, but I don't know if that would be fun. Hmm? How do you mean? Just as a solo, uh, solo Samuel? You will be able to play as a single person against loads of other single persons. Basically, it's like singles in your area coming out to kill you in Apex Legends. Um, so that's what the solo queue is in Apex Legends. It's like every, oh, that sounds really good. It's like every other battle royale game, but now it's a spe- uh, it's a special mode. Yeah, I think it's because sometimes um, when they're filling a match, there will be squads that have like one player off, so there'll be two people against three people, and sometimes that's not fair. Or sometimes maybe they can't fill as many matches as they could because the player there aren't as many players as there was at launch. Anyway, they're only trying it for two weeks um, from next week. Okay. Uh, onward, two or three weeks, I think. Actually, I say that sounds good. It doesn't actually sound good because I'm so garbage at battle royales. The only joy I take in them is the brief solace of companionship before annihilation that comes with playing as a team. Yeah, like I that... play Plunkback quite often, just with my mate Josh, and we just talk about like our kids and our lives for five relaxed minutes before a Russian teenager just obliterates us. <laughs> Yeah, that's part of the it's part of the fun. It's part of the fun. It's... Yeah, but this is this is um this is probably why I won't play either, because uh even though a lot of the time when I play alone and you get paired up with random strangers, the random strangers are really obnoxious. Like one will one will peel away from the group while you're flying down and go and land in their own place and you're like, Why why did you do that? What we need to stick together. We are dead now, and you're dead now. Because... And then they they have the audacity to moan at you when you die. Yeah, but the you know I would take those moments of of squad strife over being alone, probably. Yeah, everyone wants to be a lone wolf, don't they? Mm. That that player who's just gone off by themselves, they'll do okay in the solo queue. Okay, but me. And Jimmy Rando, who land in the same place and aren't very good, we need the comfort of of a, of someone to help us out. Yeah, so we need a... actually, 
actually, I think it, it, it turns out that this is actually like a very good idea because it means all of those, all of those obnoxious, obnoxious people are now being um, segmented off, siphoned off into their own little, their own little playpen so that they can all be horrible to each other and everyone else who isn't a um can um can can enjoy themselves in 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 the actual video game everyone who's not an egg you're right it's like when they make the cheaters play it together yeah the cheaters Swi- the the cheaters the cheat the cheat the cheat lads the people who cheat <laughs> i thought you meant any tudors who happen to be playing having access to their time pcs goodness gracious <laughs> <laughs> just henry henry the seventh just shouting at his son <laughs> through the down the mic. God damn it, revive me! <laughs> I really want to. All to... right, boys, where are we dropping? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a real concept, actually. There's a whole novel in that. Just a working PC with a full Steam library appears in 16th century England and somehow can connect. <laughs> To the, to the 21st day. century and there's no explanation like they're not given a user's manual they just have to figure it out and just imagine the first players filtering through from the Tudor period I love that to bits okay good. so that's what we've been playing uh, it's nearly time for the end of the podcast though we, we, we should get wrapping up but before we go we normally give some recommendations of things that aren't video games so that can be a book music movies whatever so uh what do we recommend Nate? what do you recommend people check out praying mantises okay yeah uh they are just superb insects and they are really good pets as well um they pretty much all species are easily captive bred so they're not wild-caught, there's no real environmental impact. Um, They tend to uh, either be very small or not want too much uh, space, so to house one very comfortably, you don't need a huge amount of room. All you need to do um, is keep it, you know, depending on the species, uh, relatively humid, relatively warm, um, and ensure a constant supply of live insects. That could be the sticking point for some people. Uh, but I've got a little fruit fly culture, um, which is essentially a, a Starbucks cup type thing with a load of straw and some goo in it. And there's fruit flies breeding in there. And every day I shake a few out into the terrarium where I've got my little orchid mantis. Um, she's beautiful. She's in her um, third instar of seven. So she's still only about the size of my thumbnail. Uh, she's bright white with lovely pink legs uh, because she's disguised as an orchid bloom and I have her in there with an orchid I'm growing in the terrarium when she's you... uh, delightful That's wonderful. here's the thing, the fruit flies when she, when she gets bigger you're going to have to change the fruit flies to another insect yeah I probably will these will probably last her another molt and then I'll move on up to um, I think probably baby locusts um, cracking Sounds a reasonable way to do things. So that's it. Recommended praying mantises. Yeah, they only live about a year, so be prepared for heartbreak. But um, right. if you do want they... a beautiful killing machine, yeah. yeah. Do they reproduce asexually? No. Uh, oh, okay. They reproduce very sexually. Oh no, that sounds like I'm into it. Um... <laughs> oh yeah, because praying mantises are the ones who, who murder their, their, their mate. Afterwards, it, don't yeah, they? it's not universal, but it's often the case. Um, so yeah, it's quite sad. You can quite often spend time rearing two mantises to be mates, then introduce them, and then they'll do the business, and and then she'll muller him. See, I only asked because I used to have a stick insect, and they're kind of related to praying mantises, and it was asexually reproduced, and it laid loads of eggs one time. And it was a bit of a disaster. I won't go into it. What do you recommend, Astrid? <laughs> well, speaking of uh, laying eggs, um, uh, I'm not recommending anything to do with eggs. Um, um, I have a music recommendation. I like I like angry, loud, 
political punk music. That's my jam, right? Um, as, as uh, among many other um flavors of jam that I'm a big fan of. Um, uh, I have uh, a band to recommend. Um, you there's a chance that that the listeners at home have probably heard of them because they're they're sort of making waves at the moment. It's a band called Idols. Idols oh. like like um. They're lazy, or idols like they're uh, gods? Idols like they're lazy. Um, I-D-L-E-S. Okay. Um, they are a punk band out of Bristol. Um, they started making music a couple of years ago. Like They released their first album uh, last year, actually. Um, uh, they're very, very good. Um, very, um, sort of, very traditional punk um but some like more modern influences it's very thumpy uh very catchy um deals with a lot of really interesting issues they've been um praised quite a bit um for especially their their most recent album uh tackling like ideas of toxic masculinity a lot um which is really really fun uh they have a song uh that came out um the end of last week called i dream guillotine it is my favourite song. It is very good. I uh, just this morning have um, uh, this this little seven-inch record that shows up that has that on it, um, as along with another song because uh, um, I I really love Idols. They're very good. I'm a big fan, and you should go listen to them too if you like loud, angry, uh, but also funny in some time uh, in some songs punk music. Sweet. Yeah. I'm going to recommend following Tony Hawk on Twitter. Oh, yes! Oh, uh, yeah. Because if you don't, uh, you should. And if you don't have Twitter, you can just go on YouTube some Tony Hawk videos because they're just as wholesome and fun and good. But the beautiful thing about following him on Twitter is that he's really self-deprecating. If you don't know Tony Hawk, he is the skateboarder who was really, like, he, he put his name on the Tony Hawk skateboarding games. He's 50 years old now, but he still skateboards, and he gets people recognizing him or recognizing him his name in odd situations. Well, the most famous example, and he talks about this on his Twitter all the time, the most famous example is when he's going through customs at a, an airport or something, and he gives the, the customs officer his passport, and the customs officer looks at it and goes, Tony Hawk, huh? Like the skateboarder. <laughs> and Tony Hawk says... Yeah, just like the skateboarder. <laughs> and the customs officer goes, I wonder what he's doing now. And Tony Hawk just looks at him and goes, This. <laughs> like... <laughs> i got to say, you tell that better than Tony Hawk. <laughs> but he gives you, he, he does all these little, he does all these little, like, dialogues that he has with people all the time whenever they recognize him and it's just really funny because everyone's like wow you're old and he's like jesus guys lay off <laughs> but um if you get a chance to yeah follow him or watch some youtube videos of him because he's just a he just seems like a nice guy who uh who does a good sport that's grand here's to Any- tony anyway that's it that's all we have time for. We didn't ask any reader questions or comments because um I didn't tweet out what you all think about Streets of Rogue. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I just didn't do it, okay? This was an undemocratic podcast. Yes. Like Persons. the Pharaohs of old. Yeah. But we'll do it next week. We'll get your opinion on things next week because your opinion does matter. I suppose you could say it's almost like a sort of um a sort of uh, fitting um, like parallel metaphor of uh, what the game Streets of Rogue says in its story. Yeah, the mayor is in charge. We are the mayor, the triumvirate mayor. Whoa. And uh, and all you listeners are just the slum dwellers. Oh, I don't, I don't week. like this anymore, Brendan. <laughs> next week it'll be normal if you have any comments or suggestions for themes email us podcast at rockpapershotgun.com uh, check out the website rockpapershotgun.com check out Astrid's videos on the YouTube channel yeah, Rock pa- just search on YouTube rockpapershotgun you'll find you'll find her and the rest of the team um, I will link to a lot of the things we've spoken about that's it for this week say goodbye everyone 
Watch your toilet for shapeshifters. Yeah, watch your toilet for shapeshifters. Goodbye.